Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, what I want to do right now is turn over to James, um, chapter number one. And we're going to look here um, in chapter number one. Uh, we'll probably start with verse number five. But just let me give you a little preview of what's taken place. Um, you know, James has been talking and, and he said, count it all joy when you fall in diverse temptations and when there's trials and testings. And I used to think, how in the world can we do that? But he says that the trying of our faith, um, you know, is what brings patience into our life. And so regarding the trials and uh, temptations and all those kinds of things that are in, in our life, verse number five says, if any of you lack wisdom concerning these tests and these trials and these things that you're going through, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraids or chides not, and he shall be, and it shall be given to him. Now, what he's telling you here is he wants to give you the wisdom to beat the test. Now, is the test from God? No. The test, the devil is the tempter. He's the tester. But God wants to give you the wisdom to beat the test that you're in. Now, we talked about this a little bit, how that, you know, we keep like the children of Israel. We keep going around the mountain. We keep going around the mountain over and over and over again. But if we want to pass the test and not continue having to face it over and over again, I'm going to tell you something. And I speak by the Spirit. There's some people in this room that you have financial problems one after the other, after the other, after the other. And God wants to bring you wisdom in how to get out of that so that you don't continue to repeat what's been going on. And he'll give you wisdom if you'll ask him. But once he gives you wisdom, you better do what he tells you to do. Amen? So, if you lack wisdom, we already know that Jesus was made unto us wisdom. And here he said, if you lack it, then ask for it. Everybody say, ask for wisdom. So God says, if you ask him, he will give it to you liberally. Not just a little bit here and a little bit there, but he will give you a generous supply of wisdom in your life to meet the need and to meet the test and to overcome it. But he goes on to say about this wisdom, if you ask for wisdom and you're not expecting to get it, then you're just praying in vain and you're like this man in the next sentence. But let him ask in faith. How many of you know what faith means? Faith means you believe. You don't believe belief. You believe God. You believe his word. And he just said, if you're in a test, in a trial, and you need wisdom, ask for it. I don't know what to do. 
I don't know what to do with my business. I don't know what to do with my finances. I don't know what to do, you know, in my marriage. Do you need wisdom? Then ask for it. But then you must do this. Ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. And so then he goes on to say, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And, and the, I like what the New English Bible says. It says he cannot keep a steady course. See, we need a steady course in serving God. But when you ask for wisdom, ask for anything, but we're talking about wisdom this morning. When you ask for wisdom, you have to believe that God gives it to you, that he speaks it to you, that he ministers. God is so wonderful. I mean, I'll just pick up a book and, and I'll be reading and he'll speak to me right there where I am. It'll be a word in due season. My daily devotional, whatever, you know, I'll be reading and it'll speak to right where I am. The wisdom of God. But don't think if you don't have faith when you ask for wisdom that you're going to get it because you're unstable and your, your course that you're on is not going to be held steady, but you're going to be going vacillating back and forth. Really, that's what that's talking about, like a, a wave of the sea driven. You're just vacillating back and forth. One day, yes. One day, no. No, set your face like Jesus did, like Flint. And believe that whatever you're facing, difficulty in life, that God can give you the wisdom to know how to deal with it and how to get yourself through it and out of it. Amen? God wants to bring you out. He doesn't want to leave you in. I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. But he brought me out. God doesn't leave you in those things. Oh, but... But he's trying to that God's trying to teach me something. That is not scriptural. And believing those things that we've been taught in the past that someone said because it sounded real spiritual is not the truth. God said when you're in a test and you're in a trial, if you'll ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you and he'll bring you out, not leave you in it. So you're not suffering for Jesus. The things you suffer are not those kinds of things. We suffer things as Christians. We suffer persecution and affliction and things like that, you know, but God wants to give you wisdom to live your life by. Amen? Now, as I begin to look about in the Scriptures, I, I, I wanted to, to see um, who, what characters in the Bible, tell us about wisdom. Anybody got an idea of uh, some people in the Bible that, that had wisdom? Yes, that's the person that we all think about, isn't it? Solomon. And so I want to take you this morning in your Bible, and I want you to turn to 1 Kings. And we're going to look here for just a moment. 1 Kings chapter number 3. And we're going to begin here in reading in verse number 5, 1 Kings 3, 5. 
In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. How many of you know that God can speak to you in a dream if he wants to? In the night seasons, Job talks about it, that God can speak to you. And God said, ask what I shall give to you. And Solomon said, thou hast shown unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy. And then down here in verse number seven, I want us to read the last part of that. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out and how to come in. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a great revelation right there. We're not the big hot shots sometimes that we think that we are. Solomon was a king, but he said, I am like a little child. And you know what? If you're going to receive anything from the Lord, you're going to have to be like a little child. If you think you know it all, you've got it all together. Now, I, I've, I've been serving the Lord for a lot of years. I've been in the ministry for a lot of years. But there's one thing I know. The more I know, the more I know I don't know. Okay. And so we, we, we can't look, well, I'm the great one. You know, I'm the gift. You might be a gift or not. I don't know. You might be the great stumbling block. Not prophesying or anything. But he said, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. In other words, what he was saying, you've made me king, God, but I am in this position and I know that I need you. Maybe you've been promoted on your job. You know, maybe something has come into your life and now you realize you're like, uh, like Solomon. You don't know how to deal with this. Well, let's keep reading. In verse number nine, and this is what uh, this is what Solomon said after Jesus, after God had said, "Ask what I shall give you." He said, "Give therefore thy servant in verse number nine an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad." Is that wisdom? That's what we've been talking about, isn't it? For who is able to judge this thy so? great a people. In other words, he knew that he could not do what he was doing without the wisdom of God and the discernment and the good judgment that he needed. And neither can we. And that I prayed this prayer many years ago. And it's a prayer that I want. God, I'm like a little child. I don't know how to go out or how to come in. So I want you to teach me. I want that discernment. We need to pray that prayer. And God said unto him, see, that it pleases God when you ask for wisdom to deal with the circumstances that you're facing. Because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for yourself long life, neither have you asked riches for yourself, neither have you asked for life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. In other words, again, he asked for wisdom. Now, Solomon could have asked for riches. He could have asked for honor. He could have asked, slay my enemies. He could have asked for long life. And so can we. But I think what God wants us to see here through this example is the principal thing, the most important thing is that we have wisdom. 
good judgment and discernment. That's the most important thing. Now, what's so wonderful here that when, and if you keep reading, which I'm not going to, but if you keep reading, do you know that wisdom was like a magnet in Solomon's life? And do you know the same thing will be in your life when you have wisdom? It's like a magnet and it pulls what? It pulls honor that you're going to be an honored person and an honorable person. It pulls honor to you. Not only does wisdom pull honor to you, again, it's like a magnet and it will pull riches to you. But you see, when you've got wisdom, you've got discernment and good judgment, then you know how to handle the honor that's being given you and you know how to deal with the riches that are coming your way. But see, if you don't have wisdom, you can take the honor that's given to you and it can go to your head and pervert you and pervert you your mind and you start thinking about yourself wrongly, more highly than you ought to think, and you start trusting in the riches more than trusting in God. You see what happens? But you're a magnet when you've got wisdom in your life. And listen, let me tell you something. You believe God to that this wisdom will flow in your life and it's going to attract other godly good things into your life. That's important. If you put wisdom first and you make wisdom the principal thing in your life, remember we're talking about conquering life's limitations and we're limited so many times on every side and God wants to kick the stops out. He, want to, he wants to tear the walls down and the wisdom of God to begin to draw things to you and you begin to grow and to stretch out. Amen? That's so important. Now, I looked in these scriptures and uh, that deal with Solomon's life, and I saw that there were traits of wisdom in his life. The wisdom, through wisdom, he was a builder. He built the temple, and he built other things, didn't he? He built him a home. He didn't tear down. Wisdom didn't tear down, but it built. Now, I'm not saying that there's not a time when things have to be torn down because we know that the prophet Jeremiah, he said, you know, that he was, you know, that God called him to tear down some things. That's wrong things though. But wisdom will cause you to build good things. And then the the wisdom that was in Solomon's life not only caused him to be a builder, it caused him to be an organizer. He set the kingdom in order. That doesn't mean that, you know, you have to have the gift of organization. It just means that through the wisdom of God, you can begin to set things in order in your life, in your family, on your job, in your business, in the church. You begin to set things in order because God can get things done through order. Chaos, you can't get a lot done. Have you ever been around anyone and their life was chaotic and, you know, everything was just scattered and, you know, you can't get a lot done, can you? But you get things in order and then some good things can take place. And so Solomon wasn't a person who got things organized and set in order. Then also he was innovative and creative also. 
um, we're told that, you know, he built chariots. So you had to be creative to do that, didn't you? And then also this wisdom um, that operated in Solomon's life caused him to not, to not um, fight a lot of wars. I think that's good. I think that's telling in itself. Now, it didn't mean that he didn't have any, but, you know, when you operate in wisdom, I believe God will show you how to get around the battles. Do you? You know, all of us, and, you know, I say this, choose your battle. In marriage, choose your battles. In life, choose your battles. And see, that means that, that to me, what that says is we've got wisdom operating in our life and we're not going around fighting and fussing and fuming with everybody. But we, we have few battles. Doesn't mean that we don't have any, but we have few battles. And see, some people, their personality, their upbringing and everything like that, you know, it causes them to have to overcome more because maybe the way they were brought up and maybe there was a lot of fighting and fussing and yelling and that kind of thing that have got, has gone on. But you see, when you have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God and updated thinking, you don't have to continue in that, do you? You don't have to continue living like that for sure. And so wisdom... The traits of wisdom brought all these things into Solomon's life and um, wisdom will bring increase into our life the same way it brought increase into Solomon's life. I think God gives us a good example of that. One more story, and I don't have time to turn there, but is the story, uh, you know, when David uh, went to Nabal. Do you remember that story, Nabal and, um, and Abigail's... Um, land and he wanted them to help him and but he didn't talk to Abigail he talked to Nabal and Nabal you know what Nabal means foolish what what's the opposite of wisdom foolishness and so he he held himself in a very foolish way before David David said I need some provision I need you to help me uh, and um, so will you do it? And Nabal, I mean, he gets angry. He gets mad. He lashes out at the man that David had sent to him, the young man that was sent to try to get the provision for them. And he said, why should I help you? There are lots of people that are in the land today and they're rebellious and, you know, they're this and they're that. So why should I help you? And just lashes out of, out at him and just ugly, just very ugly. And that's the way Nabal was. That's the way he operated and functioned in life. But the opposite was Abigail, his wife. Abigail was told by this young man what Nabal had done to David and David got fiercely angry and he was headed down there to kill Nabal and all those men. And Abigail gets wind of that and she gets provision together, the things that they need. And she comes out and she bows down before David, you know, and she said, you know, I'm going to give you what you need. And she recognizes him as a godly man and recognizes his leadership. And you know what? 
She operated in wisdom and she stopped Nabal and all of those men from being killed because David had his mind made up that that was what he was going to do because Nabal, who acted foolishly, responded back to David. Well, we don't want to be like Nabal because we don't have to be like Nabal. Maybe we have responded like him in the past foolishly, but we don't have to do that now because we have the wisdom of God that Jesus was made unto us. And so I want to encourage you today to remember that wisdom is the principal thing if you want to conquer life's limitations and restrictions that are all around you. And when you get wisdom, it will draw things into your life like honor and riches, long life. And how many of us want that? All of us should want it. We should. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.